Michelle Cotter, 17-year-old girl. Text her friends for three days telling them her boyfriend's missing, but this girl knew he wasn't missing. I'm mailing a bat with Norbert Leo Butts, and he's starring in The Girl from Plainville. Hello. Hi. This is Colton, my new best friend behind me. I love your background. That's so great. <laughs> is that Tybee? Is that it's... Tybee Beach? Yeah. Tybee. Tell me about tell me about this this backdrop. Where where are they? I'm not sure exactly. Uh, you know, there are great little coastal. Uh, areas like this all over Savannah, but it looks like maybe Tybee Island, which is uh, where I hung out a lot on our days off. That's beautiful. Yeah, I love Savannah. It's haunted. Uh, so did you see anything or hear anything? You know, I was, I'm haunted enough in my own head. So I, I had plenty of ghosts here. Uh, I, I really enjoyed Savannah. Beautiful city. Yeah, loved it. Yeah. So talk about uh, your bonding with Colton. Mm. What, what did you guys sort of do together? Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, I really did. I really fell hard for that kid. Um, and if to know him is, is to love him. We both come from the theater. Um, we were, we're both singers. We're both musicians and musical types. Um, he's extremely um, uh, instinctual, emotional actor. Um, um, and I didn't know Colton's work before starting. I knew that he had done, um, Dear Evan Hansen, um, hadn't seen the film yet. And I didn't see Dear Evan Hansen when he played it on Broadway. I knew who he was. I first heard of him because he was doing the, um, he did the, the, the early version of the, the Bob Dylan musical. And I had a very good friend in it. So, so we, I knew of, of, of him, but we got on that set. Um, yeah, he just, there's an innocence in him. Uh, he's very funny. Um, he's very deep. Uh, he cracked me up. He made me cry. I just loved him. I felt like, and I have daughters. He's, he's the same age as my oldest daughter and I never had boys. So yeah. And I, it's funny. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I'll be completely honest. I thought I would go into this project like, you know, very, very method. I thought I would do like a, like a Jeremy Strong thing and, and not like I was going to not talk to, to the actor playing Coco. I was going to, you know, because their relationship was sort of uh, strained and I thought, oh, I'm going to be. And, and within two days, I was all over him and hugging him and kissing him between takes. I just, you know, the, the opposite. I found him so dear. Um, and he just made me laugh. So he got all my defensive down. So sometimes it was hard to get back into that, like angry place with him. Um, but I loved, I loved, love Colton. Yeah. I'm obsessed too. And I just, you know, while I was watching this, I was feeling for you because you really do go to some very, very deep, dark places. So how did you get there? Oh, um, I, I don't know. You know, the script really, it takes you there. It shows you, you know, where, where to go. I, I was nervous about it. You know, when I read the script, I, I, I thought, oh, gosh. And I took a few days before I accepted it. I, I, I loved it. I, I could see how good it was. Um, I'm such a fan of Liz and Patrick. Um, I found out Chloe was playing my wife and I adore Chloe. We were friends on Bloodline. I, um but I just thought, oh man, do I want to live in that 
that headspace. Um, I, I, I got to set and, and everybody just brought their a game, you know, um, I've, like I said, I've, I've raised three girls. Um, I, I felt like I, I, I knew what it was that these parents were up against. Um, so yeah, I just, I related to it in every way. It scared me though. I'll be honest with you, with you. I thought, Oh man, I had just done a, a heavy project right before it. Um, and I thought, but I just, I couldn't pass it up. <laughs> yeah. And because it was so heavy because you had, you know, that bonds with Colton, with Broadway and singing. Did you lighten the set up at all with sort of singing show tunes? And he would, he would, he would, he, he would start singing something or make crack a joke right before we're about to shoot, like, like really heavy material. And I would find my, like myself getting annoyed with him. Like, no, we got to be serious about, which was very much like Co and Coco. So it's one of the great, mysterious wonderful things that happens with what with what we do you know the way that life and and uh pretend life go in and out of each other and in and out of each other um yes i tend to be like a a, a more internal serious focused actor colton is uh, uh approaches uh with a with a almost a more childlike open-hearted thing and um and but together we worked somehow you know Ultimately, that's what you do. You, you, you research, you learn your lines, you, you do all the work on it, you get on set, and then you have this other human being in front of you. Um, and so everything that you might have thought has to kind of go out the window and it just becomes uh, a dance, a, a jam, uh, a duet with that scene partner. And if the scene partner is as open and, and honest and surprising as, as Colton, um, that's what carries you. You know, yeah, and of course, this is such a deep uh, message. This movie is talking about suicide. So, did you learn anything from making the film? Hmm. I don't know if I learned anything. I I I remembered things that I already knew. As, as a culture, as um, maybe it's just as people, we do that. When terrible things happen to young people, we assume it must be the result of bad parenting. The bad parent moniker gets put on parents all the time. I've done it to other, we all do it. People have done it to me. The choices I've made with my kids, we do it to other people. And especially on mothers, there's a, there's a sexism um, inherent in this, right? If you have a kid who has mental illness or God forbid commit suicide, the stigma and the shame of, of parental failure is a, is a false narrative that, that I, I just think needs to be extracted from, from, from the culture. I don't know if we can do that, um, but I like that the film takes a stab at saying, this is a mental illness is a human problem. It is so multifaceted. No one person gets the blame. It takes a family, a school, a community, a whole culture to, to, to feed into someone's um, um, and, and, and biology and brain chemistry. So that was the one thing um, that I was really hoping would happen with it. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but just that people would rethink 
um, parents of kids with mental illness, uh, survivors of, of, of suicide, um, of suicide attempts, family members of suicide victims. It's the greatest tragedy. You go through this loss and then the loss just with the shame piled on top of the grief. That was the hard thing, I guess, to play in. Grief is never a fun place to be in, but this was a, a, a shame-based, a guilt-based grief, which is just the most toxic kind. No one should have to experience that. You know, no parent should have to, especially parents who, who, who really did the right thing as far as they could, as, as Lynn and Co. Roy. The cards were really stacked against them. There's a lot of information they didn't know, they didn't have, you know, I want people to give them a break and give all parents of kids who suffer a break and give kids who suffer a break. Yeah, it certainly was a cautionary tale. Thank you so much for sharing, Norbert. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for talking to me. All right, take good care. I want to tell our story. Always news. Always refreshing. Always candid. Always billing about. Robin Milling delivers what celebrities are saying to you. To you. To you.